So after the 8 o'clock mass, the uh, people who were uh, running the children's liturgy of the word told me that my homily wasn't long enough. They needed more time. Now, we don't have children's liturgy of the word at this mass, so shouldn't be an issue for you. We're now, we have now completed the first full week of Lent. We're actually on day 12 of Lent, you know, and if it's 40 days, that means we're 30% of the way through Lent. 28 days left, so we're using that number 40. How's it going? How's your Lent going? What touched you? And... You know, sometimes we might say, why am I doing this? Is it worth it? Is it really worth it for me to spend this time making a change to my life? Well, let's take a look at our, our readings today. Maybe they'll help us a little bit to understand the, the power and the, the wisdom of trying to live this season of Lent in a special way. So we have this first reading, which is really kind of dark. It was like, what do we hear? We hear from Genesis, the book of Genesis. Abraham, Abraham, I want you to take your son that you waited years for, that you love greatly, that I promised you, and sacrifice him. That's pretty stunning. You know, those of us who have children, like, we might get really angry with them from time to time, but we'd never be there. And Abraham loved his son. But what does he do? He's listening to God. And he's obeying what God is calling him to do. So he proceeds to the land of Moriah, Mount Moriah, which if we look at... Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 3, it tells us that's where the Temple Mount was, ultimately. Well, this is long before that. And he proceeds to sacrifice his son, and God stops him. He says, because you obeyed me, I will make this stunning promise to you. I promise you that your descendants will be more numerous than the stars in the sky. And back then, there were more stars. At least, they didn't have light pollution like we have today. So you get to see a whole lot more stars. It also gives you descendants that are more than the sands on the seashore. Again, a stunning number. So God is making a dramatic, powerful promise to Abraham because he obeyed him. And then we go to the, the letter that St. Paul writes to the Romans. And he tells them that, you know what, God is for us. And by the way, look at what he did. He sacrificed his son. His son died. He allowed his son to die. Not like Abraham's son, Isaac. But God's son, Jesus Christ, died. And he rose from the dead so that he could intercede for each one of us. For each one of us. Because of God's great love for you and for me. So that's our second reading, that promise of Jesus Christ is there for us. And then we get to the gospel. And so here's Peter, James, and John. 
taken up on a high mountain, not a 14er. There aren't any 14ers in the Holy Land. But a high mountain. And what happens? They see Jesus' face become glowing and his clothes become whiter than any fuller can make them. And we're like, what's a fuller? Uh, Somebody who specialized in treating wool, cleaning it, and also bleaching it. So in the process, one of the things that would happen would make the weave really tight so that it would be almost waterproof. So that's a fuller. And of course, the bleaches they had um, a while back, what, 2,000 years ago? Nothing like what we would have today. But still, they're saying this is brighter, brighter white than they could imagine. And this is what they're using as their example. Stunning. But then, what do they see? Peter, James, and John, they see Jesus, you know, their, their teacher, their leader, their friend, conversing with Elijah and Moses. Now, for a Jew in those days, that would look like the Bible. Because for their, in their world, the Bible really consisted of the law, which comes from Moses, and Moses represents the law, and the prophets. And Elijah represents the prophets. And here they're seeing Jesus conversing, essentially, with the law and the prophets. For them, it's like, this can only be God. This, this guy we've been with, he could only be God. And what do they hear in a, from a cloud? This is my beloved son. Listen to him. So they have this experience. You know, when Jesus tells them, oh, don't tell anybody about this till after the Son of Man rises from the dead. And like, what's that mean? What's that about? I've got no idea. Here's the good news. We know the rest of the story. We know how it comes out. We know what happens. So easy for us. But let's take a look at what Peter, James, and John go through. Not long after this, Jesus is arrested. And what happens? They run away. And, you know, from the gospel, we interpret that John runs right out of his clothes. He's trying to get away. And then later that night, What does Peter do? Peter denies that he knows who Jesus is three times. I don't know him. Oh, no, I don't know him. I've never met him. And then he hears the cock crow twice. And he's devastated. He knows what he's done. He knows what he's seen. He's seen Jesus as God. And he's still denied that he knows him. And this is where we're lucky because we know the rest of the story. We know that Jesus is God. We know he rises from the dead and he's there to redeem us, to save us, to intercede for us, for each one of us individually because he loves each one of us for who we are and our own uniqueness. So I'll get back to the question. How's Lent going for you? You see where there might be a real advantage to, like, let me apply these precepts we have for Lent of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. Let me interpret them a little bit. It's like, 
All right, we all should be praying. So, you know, it's our Lenten practice. Maybe we're adding something to our prayer life. You know, and then the fasting, you know, not necessarily from food, but it could be. But it could be from other things, social media, television, uh, sports, whatever it is. I mean, it could be fat, you know, not necessarily bad things, but not necessarily things that would help us to grow closer to God. And then we have almsgiving. And I was like, let's think about almsgiving as giving of oneself. Giving your time to help somebody else. Not necessarily, oh, here's some money. This, for some of us, that could be really easy. For some people, it could be extremely difficult. But giving of oneself from your heart and reaching out and helping somewhere else. There's the three precepts, or so to speak, of Lent. So I just want to focus on prayer for a moment. So we want to try always to be enhancing our prayer life. And one of the great things that comes with us, if we, if we can just pick some way to enhance our prayer life through Lent, you know, we might be able to make that a habit. The psychologists say, if you can do something every day for 21 days, you've made a new habit. And of course, we still have 28 days left in Lent. So there's still time, even if you haven't started yet. You can still do it. You can make that new habit of adding a prayer, extending our prayer time a little bit. You know, all those possibilities are there, and we can try and do them. So that's what we want to do, because we want to be growing ever closer to Jesus Christ so that we can recognize that he is God, as we hear in the gospel today. We can recognize that God's sacrificed him, and he rose from the dead to intercede for us, that we hear from St. Paul. And then we hear from Genesis, he will bless us if we obey him. So we want to be working on developing our relationship, and if we have one, maintaining it and enhancing it, enhancing our relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can come to know him more fully. And ultimately, there's nothing more important that we can do in our lives. That's really, the, ultimately, the most important thing. So that's what we want to try and do. So if you've started Lent and things are going well, great, keep it up. If you started Lent and you had a plan and that's eh, not quite working for you, it's just restart or make a little tweak to it. So that, all right, I made it work a little better for where my life is and what's going on. So that you can get through this Lent and grow closer to Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And he promises to be with us, to help us. He gives himself, his real presence, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. So as you receive him today... Thank him for his love for you. Thank him for giving himself for you. And ask him to give you the strength, the perseverance, to go through this season of Lent and develop new habits that bring you closer to him. So that when you come to the end of this season of Lent, you can say, yes, this was worth it.
So we dismiss our catechumens for breaking open the word. <laughs>